2018. Welcome to Postmarked. I'm 13. I'm Scott Southern. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend. What a good week. Hey, it's good. It's uh, Things are good. It's so weird how quickly it turned around. I know. And it's like, uh, it's so so quickly there's just this attention to to detail and making things matter throughout the show and giving every aspect of of wrestling right now just a, a weight that's just like everything is cohesive and moving and we're all everybody's invested yeah it makes me wonder if it just kind of feels like these the creative department for a while had this in mind had these like new storylines in, in mind the way that things were going to be working moving forward and they've had this in mind for a little while and it seems like they just had to kind of ride out that post wrestlemania storyline you know business and now they're finally moving forward with the things they're actually passionate and excited about right and i think it's like it's once you kind of notice that like things are good and it seems like every show is having payoff and all that you also kind of notice the things that have seemingly been in the works for a little bit of time now you know watching uh becky lynch you know, with her match against uh, 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 Sonya Deville yeah. on SmackDown, and the way they're talking about Becky, it's like they're talking about Becky in a way that's really similar to the way that they were talking about Seth two months ago. Uh-huh. And it's just all very clear that, like, all right, they are investing in Becky in a way that we have always wanted them to invest in you know, all of their superstars rather than just like they win a match and then suddenly they're in the title picture somewhere. It's like, no, Becky's getting wins. Yeah. Seth has been building himself back up into a main event level. And this week was so main event level. It was, it's, it's wild how quickly it seems, it seems like it came quickly, but yeah, you're right. It's, it took a lot of build. It took a lot of time. I mean, I think, the starting the the easy demarcation point from where this started was that Iron Man match, and since then he's been having very solid matches with time. They've been giving him time. He's been putting in the work, putting together these really smart and well done matches with everybody. With everybody, yeah, across the roster, and now he's in a feud, and that just came out of seemingly nowhere. But this it's the top card feud, dude. And like you know, we talk about. I feel like Dolph Ziggler has been. A running joke in wrestling for a really long time but i couldn't think of anybody in wwe that could be positioned in the way that he has and has made just two matches with seth rollins just matter so much right away i think we've yeah Dolph has been uh, a joke for a while right we've all thought of him in the same way we've thought of the intercontinental championship belt for a long while it's like well it's there and it could be great right but it's not and it's so quickly it's it's so wild how quickly these things can turn and Dolph can immediately be positioned as this very formidable foe doing that i mean it's you can't ignore the sean and diesel thing that's happening here that's just so perfect well i mean i i guess i've been thinking about Dolph. Like when I was watching Raw this week, I was thinking about Dolph in terms of like a character actor and, Mm. you know, the 
ability that certain people like Harry Dean Stanton or, you know, what's the what's the game show host's name in in Magnolia, who's also Mm -hmm. like the library cop on Seinfeld. People like that who just have an ability to just enter a scene and immediately command just so much. And it and it works with like understanding that the viewers know who they are, but also like dressing these people up in sort of like archetypal clothing to just make it, you know, establish that it's like, all right, when they're here, it matters. And Dolph working, you know, with a heavy now and Dolph also being somebody who you know is always going to be able to put on a great show it's it's like it just it hasn't felt light the entire time and like like quite the opposite I guess that's a really interesting point because I think for a while we've been making these comparisons between Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels uh in the way that they both take like ridiculous bumps the super kicks that are happening just like kind of they're similar in-ring styles uh even without that i think that you're right that Dolph is a total character actor here he's a that guy that can show up and as soon as you dress him up in the right spot and insert him into the right position as long as we kind of know the formula of where that is and what mold is being built there he can fit it and be a force that makes perfect sense dude totally and i feel like you know Dolph for a really long time also was like when we've Got, I feel like when we got into wrestling, Dolph was one of those guys that you really latch on to early on when you start to understand like, oh, okay, like here's this is the example of, you know, work rate and somebody who's not given what they deserve just based on their in-ring ability. And a lot of those guys are gone now. You know, guys like Wade Barrett, who were Cody Rhodes, people who were kind of lapped by this new crop of people like Seth Rollins mm-hmm. and Finn Balor, people, you know, the indie guys that have come in and have basically been put into a position that we were always hoping for guys like Dolph, but you felt like the ship had sailed. And so I guess there's this interesting work that's happening between, you know, Dolph fighting a guy who's kind of surpassed Dolph and putting on great matches that are at a level that's like, man, like when it comes down to it, like Dolph really is at the fucking top of the list. Yeah, I think in a vacuum, we would all agree that at any point in time, Seth and Dolph fighting would be a great feud, right? right? We can totally, we would imagine that any any match they would put on could be a total classic. But it's really cool to see this happening in a way where the storytelling and the narrative actually has some meaning and it has some weight. And we are, it's it's worthy of being the main event of a, a card. Right. And I feel like it's the first time that Seth is, you know, working at a level where his shit like really, really matters since he came back from his injury. And he's fucking, he is so on the path to like a wrestler of the year candidate. Yeah. I, I, that's very true. And it, it's funny because he, he's in a similar he was in a similar spot that Dolph was in maybe not nearly as dire of a situation it was the beginning of it definitely right he's in he's in this like upper mid card area and we don't know what they're trying to do with him and he can 
you know, put on a killer match with anybody at any time, but there's no real cohesion with the way that he's going and, and the path that's drawn out for him. But, you know, very quickly they turn that around with him. And now it's really nice to see the same thing happening with Dolph. Dude, and yeah, and it's I think it's like kind of refreshing too to just see that the way they really strapped it on to him was to just make his gimmick the fact that he's fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like he doesn't need anything more than what that. What else does he need? He's And the fact that he's like a cool dude, I think, yeah, helps a lot. Totally. That we all think he's probably a cool enough human being that, you know, we would enjoy hanging out with. He doesn't seem like an abrasive character. Yeah. No, totally. And if, so, he, if he came into the cafe, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with him. In fact, if he was a regular, I'd be having conversations with him. Yeah. Know? I wouldn't be like, oh, this fucking guy. Give him a free coffee every now and then. Yeah, totally. Totally. If he, you know, a couple extra punches on the punch card, mm-hmm. that's Seth Rollins. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm like so... I, I love what they did with the ending of this match and with extending this sure. because, you know, I think that I, I don't think Seth is going to be hurt in any way if he ends up losing this thing, but giving these two a, another week to, to do something or, you know, maybe extending it to the pay-per-view I'm down with too. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah. I think building up the relationship, I think at this point it seems like maybe the purpose here, maybe the, the greatest, outcome could be just to build up the relationship between drew and dolph as this very cohesive unit right Uh, yeah because there's a little you know little misstep that happened this week mm -hmm. and you know i think that the the overcome for dolph is you know drew being able to like fully execute a way for Dolph to win yeah absolutely i think when they can become that like dirty but unstoppable force of of two of a heavy and a the right. champion is yeah. that that's the end goal here i think dude and like it's there's so much potential there too because drew can get so nasty and drew's I, fucking mean man yeah. they they've really done a good job of like integrating his indie work where it was just like it was incredible to watch him we you know when we watched him in the gym yeah. in orlando and to see him in the ring and just tower over everybody and i mean he's he's a big guy in a in a wwe ring but in a uh in a ring that's set up in a gymnasium he just <laughs> looks like just a giant enormous and that was an interesting thing too to see because it was you know that was like a semi wwe sponsored event that we saw Oh yeah, I remember when we saw Triple H. Yeah, Triple H is there behind yeah. the curtain. Jason Jordan's just sitting in the Hanging bleachers, out. just like, man, I got a great drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think like watching Drew in that capacity, I think really helped build a mythos for a lot of the smart fans for him. Yeah, where totally. Otherwise, we were rejecting him for a really long time, and then seeing him because he was nothing when he left. Totally, he's. I, it was a, he was a very straightforward archetype of what we kind of reject as smart wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, as this, you know, he was the chosen one, right? And they were straightforward about it. But well, that, they just blew their load over. Totally. Him. And that sucked. And he wasn't interesting. But then you see him do this work in the indies and he kicks some ass and he's huge and he is like a very straightforward traditional wrestler. And it's, it, I think it built up a lot of, um, I don't know. I think a lot of the indie fans the credibility was built up there and that's now translating into yeah. like a real solid run. It's going to work out really well. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking great. Um, 
you know the other the other key point on raw this week um is my my karaoke buddies oh your two best buds mercedes and pam for for you plebes out there that's sasha banks and and bailey you know they they forgot you know about the good times forgot about going to alice's at two in the morning and fucking singing along to adam's song with their best friend tim and they text you after this after this happened after this incident uh they were you know both texting me separately right right have you chosen a side yet like it's tough you know it's like it's like it's like on a sitcom when like when you're no this happened on the simpsons when when homer and bart were mad at each other and homer's like marge could you still bart to pass the salt (laughs) it was a lot like that sure um i could see that happening but there wasn't there wasn't any salt passing and neither of them called me marge Mm. but you see where I'm going with this, dude. Th- and this is this is one where it's like it's like, all right, we, we can all just like uh, suspend the disbelief of the fact that like maybe this hasn't been like developed or stutter stepped, you know, for however many months leading up to it. Because they were supposed to have a WrestleMania match. Yeah, they told that me, fell apart. They told me when we got tacos. Really? Yeah. That's how I learned that The Undertaker was like for sure coming back was when Mercedes was like, yeah, he's going to wrestle. And I'm like, Phew. I was like, I mean, he was done last year. And she's like, he looked like shit. <laughs> the she didn't actually say that. Uh, the I think I don't know. I think the stutter step is a very apt description of what's happened here because they I have no idea what they're doing. I like that they're exploding. I think this is right. great. Yeah. I don't know who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. If anybody's supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy here, I'm not sure Let how the they're working. Let the fans decide. Is that what it is? I feel like they should have an applause meter in I, the build-up to this. <laughs> the thing is, everybody kind of wants both of them to be bad guys, right? I think so. And we've been talking about how bailey is in kind of a milk toast spot for the past year maybe yeah and how sasha has her stock has been dropping since the charlotte fe- maybe also for the past year dude where it really has i i was really surprised and this is something that i don't know if it picked up watching uh on on the show but you and i were there Every time Sasha went up that ladder, people mm-hmm. were booing, and I was really surprised by that. I think I don't know what it is, but I could totally sympathize with that sentiment that I don't really want Sasha Banks, the good guy, to win that money in the bank briefcase. Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't think she's doing anything interesting. Now this is getting interesting, and I think this is great. I think obviously both of these women have so much ability to be really badass, charismatic, you know, powerful presences in wrestling, but. They just haven't been put in that spot for a while. So maybe both of these, both of them turning into like brutish, mean people is going to be great. I think it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays, like especially for Bailey too. Yeah. Just based on, based on, uh, you know, everything that uh, we've heard about, like her indie run, and by we, I mean whatever Pat Creed's telling uh-huh. us about, is that she's just like, she's as true to, the gimmick as anybody is really that's her as right. and as her person so to see her try and like take on 
uh, heel, which I'm I'm sure she has been at some point, but like it's it's definitely going to be very very different. And from what we saw specifically this past week, she was. I would say maybe more of the aggressor here, right? She's oh, definitely, yeah. but it's still, it didn't feel like a full heel turn. It didn't feel like uh, a really straightforward, like backstabbing that happened, even though it kind of was, but they've both been going back and forth for so long that there's no straight lines. There's no clear lines that have been drawn. So it seems like maybe she's a heel. It seems like maybe she's turned, but we don't really know. I'm really interested to see how like the promos over the next couple of weeks start coming out and how, I don't know if, the entrances change at all. Like, I just want to see these, like the clear demarcations of things and right. how they normally are indica- in- indicative of a wrestler's standing. Maybe the Bailey buddies are like dressed in black. Yeah. That's sweet. what I'm saying. A little smoky, <laughs> scary. Um, I just got to touch on real quick. Cause we got a lot to get through this week on postmarked Um, but the the Braun Kevin shit this week. Oh yeah, that, that's fucking atrocious. Who cares? It's like such it's such a Braun with that briefcase is a bummer, man. I'm all right with Braun with the briefcase. It's just like you're ta- they're continuing to take this thing where he just makes Kevin Owens look stupid. Yep, and I just don't find that entertaining, and I don't think that that's doing anybody a favor it's not it's not it's not helping anybody at all we know that kevin owens has said multiple times that braun can beat him one-on-one we already know this that's part of the storyline that's built into this fucking storyline why are they gonna why are they gonna be tussling this way i honestly when they tagged and when they won that match i was really really into the idea of them working as a tag team i i was like this will be a really good holdover pattern for Kevin. Uh, and, you know, Braun, too, because I don't know what he, I don't know what's going on with that belt. I yeah. don't know what the plan is. He's saying, like, the moment Brock's there, he's going to cash in, which I guess would be maybe the reason why Brock is holding out on a title defense. Maybe. But um, either way, that shit was garbage. I feel like things of that nature are generally garbage unless it's steve austin doing it to vince mcmahon or the rock yeah that's when that's when it makes sense when it's i I think we don't nobody hates kevin owens enough right now for that to make sense he doesn't matter yeah you know totally he has no authority over anything he's not the one in the position of power that's fucked up for him to do that that's not a cool thing to just like like stomp downward it's just a just a guy's car totally Yeah, stomp downward. That's a really good. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Moving on to SmackDown. I mean, let's just fucking skip to it. Team Hell No. Team Hell No. Dude, oh my god. What a cute move. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It's probably my favorite tag team of the past six or seven years. Sure. Is is those two and like what they did mostly because it was just such a good it was it was really kind of the first time that I can remember like since we started watching wrestling again where they really just built a unit outside of the ring outside of like the general like or you know even like cutting promos in the ring like those anger management sessions mm-hmm. were just like they were so nice it was just such such a nice like breath of fresh air 
I always look back on those fondly, and just the fact that they that they have enough, you know, like uh, relevance to have Kane come in there and have a crowd just like get to a hug it out chant like very quickly. Yeah, it was like so straightforward and so obvious. I think what happened with Hell No initially was that that outside of the ring stuff, that anger management stuff, was I think it 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 I don't know. It plays towards the strength of both of these wrestlers, where you know Kane. We're all over Kane. Nobody needs Kane right. anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we can make him like a self-aware goofball, that's great because we like Kane. Nobody hates Kane. We just don't need him around right now, just being like a monster. Near, like a, a belt or well, yeah. a tag team belt is fine. That's but, you great. Know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, seeing him in this self-aware role—that's kind of the comedy routine—is perfect for him because we all do respect him. We all—he's been a great wrestler throughout history. You know, whatever we could debate his in-ring abilities. I mean, I feel like part of the like love for this thing, this thing of ours is that we can like take the ridiculousness of it and just like milk that for comedy. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone whose backstory is that he's he's the undertaker's brother who the undertaker thought was dead because he started a fire in in the <laughs> funeral home that he grew up in and he killed his entire family but then you know he came back from the dead and it's like you know being able to just say that like out loud flat it's it's fucking beautiful and we can all kind of just like get good feelings out of it enjoy mm-hmm. it yeah, I like when wrestling is is honest with the uh, with the the consumer. I think it's nice. Yeah, because I mean, it's fake. Yeah, you, we all know you, that. You, we all know, and we've all experienced the uh, the. I mean, being a fucking adult and telling people they like tough. this stuff. It's very tough. God, I feel like the reason that I haven't like uh, that I haven't like shifted my friend group at all in my 20s and now into my 30s is because I have way there's way too much that I just can't like explain to anybody new I it's true I I tried to bring up wrestling to my Dungeons and Dragons group and they called me a loser (laughs) it's uh it's it's on the bottom of that yeah that uh when we went to Wrestlemania last year that was the first time that I told the people who I've been working for for the past five years that I'm taking time off to go to WrestleMania. You didn't tell them before? I n- never told them. I was you like, were John yeah. Cena shirts all the time. Well, yeah, but they're like not exactly, uh, you know, the most pop culture savvy. Sure, so they're sure. just like, what? I don't, so I don't, he's even, just I don't even know what's going on this here. This fucking guy. Okay. So, yeah. Trips to Philadelphia in at the end of January. Like, yeah, I'm just going there with my friends, you know. Yeah, we're just know. going to Philadelphia on but a now, road trip yeah, in yeah, the yeah. winter. <laughs> Couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine explaining this shit to people. <laughs> so yeah, hit me on that level. Yeah, definitely. We're all we're all understanding of of what it's like. What it's like to be to be adult wrestling fans, or even like wrestling fans that are over the age of eight years old. Right, yeah. Once you're critically aware of the world, yeah. Let us all, let us all have fun. Let us all and have. I, I think seeing Daniel Bryan having fun is really that's one of the things initially that I think fully propelled him to the spot that he eventually got Dude, to. Right, absolutely. I felt like that was such a good launching pad for like you know, it was it was good to develop him 
for a wider audience like I feel like the yes stuff like got over so big when he was doing that team because he just turned that into a very, very good character that went against Kane. Yeah. And them working together and then you built, they just built so much like good favor with the audience who wasn't the fucking 28 year olds that are just like you he's the best like what's wrong with you now everybody's into him yeah so i'm i'm down with it i think it'll be a lot of fun and i think it'll be you know there's like there's so much happening up top right now i i'm so down with the idea of letting letting a brian like build happen the same way not the same way but you know long long form yeah putting him back in it's a different landscape than it was when he left. I, th- I think that's something that maybe a lot of us weren't, uh, couldn't acknowledge or didn't realize uh, with the prospect of Daniel Bryan coming back. That I think a lot of us were just immediately like, wh- which championship is he going to be fighting for? Or like, right. What major top tier feud is he going to be in? And it makes a lot more sense for him not to be doing that immediately. I feel like each show now has five or six Daniel Bryans on it, mm-hmm. you know, guys like Finn or Joe on the other side where it's like the audience is waiting for them to just go with it and waiting to like get behind it. So, um, you know, using, using Brian as someone who has a lot more history and someone who you can, you know, do something different with, I think is a good move right here. Yeah, he's a fresh air, a breath of fresh air. And now it seems like he can be in that spot in almost every pay-per-view where he's just, you know, in the Shane McMahon match or, you know, he opens things up with Big Cass and it totally, totally. makes sense. I'm, I'm so down with it. Um, and... Yeah, I, I both shows were really good this week. You watched the UK tournament. Yeah, I kind of just accidentally watched it while I was packing up my house and moving, and the uh, I just turned it on thinking it was going to be a, like watching the cruiserweight uh, tournament. And I there's I think there's two episodes of it. There's two shows. There's like the first night and the second night. The first night is the same thing as the cruiserweight tournament. Basically, it's uh, just a bunch of British wrestlers fighting each other. You're watching uh-huh. the brackets happen. But the second night is an NXT-branded pay-per-view. Uh, they unveil the uh, NXT UK brand in the middle of the show. Oh, that this is going to be real. This is going to be a thing. Regal there? Uh, Regal, well, they, I don't know the dude's name. They, I'm going to have to look it up. There's a, they have a commissioner now. There's uh-huh. a different commissioner for NXT UK. Okay. Um, it's some old British dude. It's like some some dude that I've never heard of before. Um, but it seems like it's a really it Anthony Hopkins. It's not Anthony Hopkins. I had a dream last night that I was uh, debuting my Anthony Hopkins impression. How it does it re- go? I it was like, oh, it's me, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's, it's similar to my Michael Caine impression, but it was it was me debuting my impression of Anthony Hopkins to people that I didn't know. And so they didn't understand like the backstory because my Michael Caine impression is just me yelling. I'm Michael Caine. Yeah. Which Uh, is a great impression. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's something that he would say. Totally. Uh, 
but <laughs> just thought about that. You know that feeling when you're like, you remember what you dreamt, what you dreamt, but it's halfway through the day. And you're like, whoa, okay. Whoa, that's right. I yesterday, did have that dream last. Yesterday at work, we had like a meeting of all of the people that like, all of my peers had this like meeting together. Uh-huh. And Your peers. All of my peers at uh-huh. work. Well, like, you know, there's like a lot of different roles or whatever. So everybody's in the same role that I am. We have uh-huh. like a bi-weekly meeting. Your coworkers? Co- but they're like, yeah, but like a certain subsection of my oh, coworkers. God, it's fucking these... 21st century we cracked a bunch of lacroix together yeah of course you did and then you went to the cafe that's in your building no so we you don't have to support any local businesses we have hellion cold brew on tap it's oh yeah it's great yeah it's you get that nitro uh-huh. uh everybody gets jacked up. everybody gets fu- it's fucked up Dude. people drink so much cold brew i can't i can't yeah but <clears throat> my coworker was like we all sat down and he's like hey i just remembered this you guys and then he paused and he was like, oh, this is really weird. I had a dream that all of you were showering at my house yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he like, he paused before he said it. And he realized that he was like, oh, I shouldn't say this I out loud. I shouldn't say this out loud, but. And it wasn't, it wasn't uh-huh. like, it seemed like we were all just kind of, you know, walking in and out and rotating using his shower one after another. Right. Which is, you know, whatever. That's yeah. Great. That's, but it was like, no, it was actually, you remember that scene in, in Starship Troopers that like everybody was talking <laughs> about in fourth grade when they were like, oh yeah, Boobs. I saw, I saw Starship Troopers. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I saw, I saw it and I saw the, the boobs and they're crazy. That's true. They are really crazy. Dude. But yeah, my favorite, my favorite was like the, the people who said that they, uh, you know, they saw Starship Troopers in the theater and then, then they had to like prove it somehow. Or like the kids who like wore South Park shirts, but then it was like, actually he doesn't even watch. He's not allowed to watch South Park. He's not allowed to watch South Park. Well, why does he have the shirt? I don't know. I don't know. But I heard that they killed Kenny. Um, Great. So is it? But you had a you had a fun time watching. Oh my god! Yeah, you got to watch the show. It's it's, so fucking good. It's something that that slips through the cracks, I think, because when you're just like, all right, well, it's Monday and and Tuesday, so I got I got a lot of work to do. Got a lot of (laughs) a lot of content to trudge, and yeah, I think it's something that wasn't maybe advertised in a way that I wasn't aware that it was going to be the way that it was. It's I it's a legitimate pay per view event. There's a tag team. Uh, championship match the nxt ta- tag team championships are on the line the women's championship is on the line Shayna baszler tony storm fight and it's oh, cool. fucking awesome yeah. the match is so good all right uh and yeah there's a few other ones that are on there that are just really fun uh, a blast to watch Maybe, uh, it's great you gotta Dude, watch some, it it's something to do on your on your weekend off if you're lucky enough to have one of those mm-hmm. but one of the things that, that we've been really excited about we're doing this week is uh we we've we've developed cards for a New Japan versus WWE co-branded pay-per-view, and I mean let's let's sit and talk about what we did is we did nine matches each, so uh, we're just gonna kind of talk about you know about the matches about what we've got and also like maybe talk about the storyline that's going through the night but we made sure that we did something that was kind of reflective of what this would actually look like we can't leave off people that 
you know the WWE wouldn't leave off the show or things of, of that nature. Sure. So we tried to keep it like to the book, but it's definitely like fantasy, a little bit of fun. So uh, you wanna you wanna start us off here? Yeah, I think. Where's your Where's your pay per view taking place? Right. Okay. So yeah, we're booking the whole show. Are Are we booking like winners and losers here? Or are we just putting the matches out there? Winners and losers. Cool. We don't have to do winners and losers for, for everything, everything but, but the one, the big yeah, one's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this show, obviously, the way that I'm uh, I'm thinking of this is that Triple H had a huge hand in putting this thing together, right? He's the one that's bridging bridging gaps and like you know mending relationships and kind of opening WWE up to the world. Definitely, it's in Brooklyn. Right, it's at the Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. It's it's the That's the hot NXT crowd. NXT country, but you know that all those NXT fans are wearing Bullet Club shirts yep. to the NXT shows. Yeah, they're just milking the air, like milking the audience for all of that just enormous white hot heat. Um, and I think so. We talked about our we compared the top of our cards, our main events. Uh, we don't know our full the full cards of everybody's, but we compared the main events just to make sure we didn't have any overlap. Uh, and the one match we did have overlap on was the match that I have that's starting the show. Uh, Something that we we felt we felt in in this instance it was kind of unavoidable. If the if there were other matchups, maybe one could pick and the other would have to go a separate route. But this was the one that I think, you know, neither of us were were willing or really feeling like we should budge on it because this right. is the match that everybody would really, really want to see. It was the, yeah, when I was ordering my matches initially, I was basing them on the confidence level I had in these matches existing. And uh, Daniel Bryan versus Zack Sabre Jr. is a shoe in Yeah, absolute, like, two submission specialist you've got uh kind of the old guard in in daniel bryan and you've got the the young uh young zach saber jr who's just been been taking it by storm over the past you know five or six years of just being one of the best fucking locksmiths in the goddamn world and watching daniel bryan come back now a little less high impact, a little more thoughtful technical wrestling, a little more risk control. Yeah, and I think that that would just be like, that would be a really fun way to start the show, I think, because there would be so much anticipation for, you know, the whole event. And to have these two guys start it off, it's smart as fuck because they're going to get in there and then they're both just gonna mat wrestle for like mm-hmm. 10 minutes and it's just gonna be like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then there's gonna be like one big kick yep. that just gets everybody off their fucking seats and i think that the danger with this match being uh buried somewhere in the middle would be that it's gonna be a very mat wrestling heavy uh match right and so there's no there's not gonna be a ton of big spots there's gonna be a couple kicks that show up a couple really powerful kicks but until that happens there's gonna be a lot of like polite applause and a lot of, you know, this is wrestling chants. Definitely. Uh, and if the crowd isn't engaged, if it's not super hot at that time, this, this thing is not going to work uh, nearly as well as it should. Yeah. So that's definitely. why I wanted to open the card with this one. Good move. Second on mine. So I think working with that same, that same logic. Uh, okay. And from there, I've got uh, the next match on the card is a uh, a four-way tag match. It's a classic New Japan move. We got the Young Bucks versus the Usos versus the New Day versus Evil and Bushi. Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. Things showing up there. 
Absolutely. I, I love those New Japan cards. Like It's such a good crowd warm-up. Yeah, those matches are just like so fun, and they're so engaging, and it's just it's a great way for you know everybody to get their spots in. So I'll, 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 re- I'll refrain from interrupting you, but that was, no, totally. that was one that I was like, I had something similar, and I ended up doing something different, but... Sure. I, yeah, I wanted to throw... Uh, like I just missed those... Those Young Bucks for Pongi Vice matches that just happened for seemingly like three years straight at every show. Just because they were so great. They were all so the time. fucking good. And they just, I feel like the storyline in all those was like, let's find a way to just make it a half a star better than the last mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and it's always like really ridiculously choreographed spots that look badass. All of those super kicks, it's, I, they're so fun. All right. From there, we're going to get... Uh, <clears throat> We're still in the warm-up phase, right? Like, things are still, you know, we got to keep the crowd hot, keep things moving. We got to make sure everybody gets in here. So we've got an Elimination Chamber match. Right? Right? I tried to, you know, we got some gimmicks showing up here and there. I think this is going to be good uh, as a smart fan uh, pleaser, but also, you know, the chamber is the spectacle. It's going to mm-hmm. keep everybody engaged. We got Seth Rollins versus Takahashi versus Ibushi versus Ricochet. Versus Kushida and the Velveteen Dream Ooh. showing up as the final the final piece there. Baby, all right. It's all the wrestlers you want to watch. Yeah, it's the, definitely. You're, they're, all, they're all solid wrestlers. They're not like the necessarily the high flyers, except for maybe Ricochet there. But they're all those kind of like lightweight dudes that uh, can kind of get their shit in and put together some more. It's similar to the match before that I have with the Young Bucks. Uh, you're just watching dudes put together really amazing spots. Hell yeah. Okay, and then this is when it starts to get a little a little wilder on my end. We've got uh, I haven't really nailed down the uh, the stipulations here, but it's gonna be some kind of hardcore match happening, mm-hmm. like a street fight, a falls count anywhere type thing. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus the returning Dean Ambrose. <sighs> a lot of you chair pull shots. Pull out Dean. Gotta pull out Dean for you that pull one. Pull out Dean. I feel like I don't I don't know if you used uh, Randy on this card, but I was definitely like thankful for the fact that like, all right, well, at least like Randy and Dean are hurt and I don't have to worry about them because there's so many people to fit in. I know. And I definitely there are glaring omissions on this card. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like I feel like that's something that we should probably like take off of the table. Like, why isn't this person booked? Sure. It's not. It's nine matches, and it's a lot of dope people. But Suzuki Ambrose would be. I think that's like the the street fight that we wanted out of uh, Lesnar and Ambrose at yeah, WrestleMania. Absolutely, and I think uh, pairing up Suzuki with anybody in the WWE is tough. It's tough to figure out that matchup. I know you got a spicy one there, but mm-hmm. it's a tough. It's a tough thing to book. Um, and I think. I'm sure these two have fought each other at some point in CZW or something. Sure. Uh, and just hit each other with baseball bats and barbed wire and shit. And I can imagine them that. I can imagine that working really well. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Moving forward, we have the Bullet Club special. We've got Cody and Marty Skrull and uh, Adam Page fighting the Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish on the outside looking in. Uh, Good stuff. I think it's, yeah, it's a nice little uh, six-man tag. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun. I think, you know, Adam Cole and Cody facing off, it'd be a blast. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like Cody kind of replaced Adam Cole in the Bullet Club. Totally. Right? I, th- I think it makes... And then, you know, he's taken the ball and ran with it. But yeah. definitely that was like the hot shot second in command spot. Mm-hmm. 
okay, from there, moving forward, there's like a little pee break in the card, right? Triple H comes out to do his his little like this is sports entertainment. <laughs> this is for you, the fans. But then the uh-huh. lights turn off and the uh, the post rock music starts playing and the wrestler shows up on the Titan Tron and Shibata walks out down yeah. the ramp and just You brought back Shibata from Shibata's the dead. back, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> He just uh, he recently signed on to be the head trainer for uh-huh. the New Japan Dojo. Oh hell yeah! And he's like, I'm not 100% back, but I'm I'm working still. Fuck. I figure yeah. he comes in here. It's not a real match. I he just, just watched a clip. Oh him. my god! I watched just watched a clip of Shibata fucking drop kicking Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> and it was like, ah. Oh! <laughs> Shibata was so good and Dude, so on unreal. fire. It was a tragic thing that happened. I'd love to see him just come out and. You know, say this is wrestling. This is not sports entertainment, yeah. and just drop kick him or headbutt him or you know, fantastic. Don't don't let, don't let him headbutt him. But yeah, maybe that's not <laughs> the best idea. All right, and then this is where we get on to the the main event of the card, right? We got a pretty straightforward one here. I thought this was going to be the one that we were going to have to argue over. I've got uh, Tanahashi versus John Cena. I can't tell. I can't wait to tell you why that is not a good decision. Why is it not a good? We could talk about it. Why well, is it? All right, we can talk about why it's not a good decision because I think when you when the way that I approached my card was that you are going to have to deal with the fact that you want everybody to look good. Mm-hmm. You want New Japan to look good, and you want WWE to look good. So Tanahashi versus Cena, sure, it's the two biggest stars of the last. 15 years right. for both companies. Tanahashi is there to put somebody in WWE over. Cena is there to put someone in New Japan over. For me, but that's me. Just, yeah. Just the booker of the better definitely. card here, that's all. I, no, I think that's true. Either of them can lose, right? And right. so that means, you know, why waste two losers on one match? Oh, yeah, two total losers. <laughs> that would be, but, that'd be so that fucking That match fun. would be great. Oh, and I think... God. You know, I think that they both have enough left in it where they can put on like a solid 25 minute match where they're both, you know, by the end, totally thrashed and just on the ground, both trying to get up, doing that punch drunk thing, Mm -hmm. swinging at each other, trying to keep it going. And it ends with, you know, just a nice round of applause and everyone's really happy. Yeah. And they're shaking hands at the end. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's like the that's the bridge being Uh totally created between the two brands. Uh, this is the one I think I'm the most excited about. It's a triple threat match in a cage between Chris Jericho, Tetsuya Naito, and Kevin Owens. Oh. This is a grudge match, my friend. It is These a grudge three match. do not get along. Yep. Chris Jericho is taking it from both sides, but Kevin Owens and Naito are both opportunists. They're both going after each other, and it's a cage match because... Jericho's definitely trying to run away at some point. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's the one that I think, God, that's got the most, like, real-world implication to it, I would right? say. Yeah, yeah I, I think Jericho's definitely been one of the most interesting characters in a while in wrestling. We talked about it. And I think trying to, yeah, put these, put him, I had a really hard time figuring out how to maneuver him onto this card, and I think that makes the most sense. Definitely. Uh, I got two matches left. I still am not certain on how they fit which one's first and which one's second i think my two favorite wrestlers in the world right now 
uh, are not going to be main eventing this show. It's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Kaz Okada. We've got that Universal Championship on one side. We've got the former IWGP champ on the other side. The longest, most defending champ. These two are just fucking legendary wrestlers. No matter what you think of either of them and how you think they should have been booked, these two have held belts for so fucking long in their uh, respective brands. And the former IWGP champion, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think uh, Brock can take nine rainmakers and make them all look amazing i think he can fly across the ring after taking a handful of drop kicks and i mean okada can definitely handle a few f5s and a few german yeah. suplexes oh, and look man. like he's just getting beat to shit yeah that would be he he is so good too at just like just getting rolled over yeah, definitely. I think and initially I felt like I was forcing it a little bit. I felt like it maybe wasn't going to make sense. And it's just like, you know, maybe it makes sense, you know, numbers wise or whatever, but mm-hmm. not maybe it makes sense on paper. But I think it really would end up being a pretty badass match. Yeah, I think so, too. And like, dude, Okada hitting tombstones on right? Lesnar. Dude, come on. I, I think it'd be pretty amazing uh, to round out the show, the main event. It's uh, the former leader of the Bullet Club, AJ Styles, versus the leader of the elite, the leader of the Bullet Club, Kenny Omega. WWE Championship's there against the IWE champion, IWGP Championship. It's uh, two greatest wrestlers in the world right now, possibly. It's yeah. hard to argue with. I, it's There's a story that's built in. They've got unfinished business. Yeah. They put on a clinic. Dude, oh, they would. They would. They would tear the fucking house down. That crowd would be hot for it. Who goes over? I mean, Kenny's got to win. Does he? Kenny's got to win. Wow. Or no, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, I, yeah, I think maybe, uh, no, Kenny's got to (laughs) win. He just won the belt. Right. AJ can take a loss. Yeah. And Lesnar's definitely going to win. No one would let Lesnar lose. Wow. They wouldn't yeah, let Lesnar yeah, lose. That's right. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They and you have to off. you have to work that in. Um so my Let's hear your list. My show emanating from the United Center. Oh in Chicago, Illinois. First televised show, WWE United Center in what, fifteen years? Twenty twenty years? Four. Holy shit. Nineteen ninety four SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for me, the way it starts is an invasion led by Cody Rhodes Ooh. and the Bullet Club Ooh. onto Raw, just fucking, just taking everything down. And we're talking like, you know, we're talking something similar to like the, the fucking, the NXT invasion led by Wade Barrett. Yeah. Or like when the Miz and our truth like attacked cameramen and shit like this. We want we want Some nobody brutality. to know what's going on. Um and and setting up a card that's just straight up WWE versus New Japan, who reigns supreme, who is the true you know, the true number 1 in the world. For me, my opening match, which has implications for the main event, 
Kota Ibushi versus Seth Rollins. Ooh. Yeah. That's that is two hot wrestlers. Two hot wrestlers with two very, very good friends. And yeah, I think that they would they would start shit off strong. Everybody would go fucking nuts for those two. ZSJ versus Daniel Bryan, I think will only raise it a level, but mm-hmm. I think will also help to, you know, the crowd's super excited, but give them a little bit of time to just not wrestle for a while. Just, just trade wrist locks. Yeah, a little just, breathing oh, room. Yeah. Oh, look, one of them smacked the other one in the back of the head. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Um, so I love it. To bring it down a little bit and to, to just give something different um, and to, you know, to, I think, showcase people in a, in a different light here. We've got a tag team match with Tanahashi and Toriyano. Oh, that's great. Versus The Miz and Rusev. Oh, my God. I was trying to fit Toriano onto this card so hard, and I could not figure it out. I had this one pegged immediately because I knew the the best thing that you can do with The Miz is to just let him talk, right? And, you know, I think that there's uh, a few people that are on here that The Miz would do a really good job with, like, talking and turning very serious heat onto, but Chris Jericho kind of one-upped him there. He beat him to the punch. So sure. Anything that involved the Miz with, you know, someone like Naito or Omega wouldn't wouldn't serve the the crowd in the best way. So what I thought would be really fun, you know, especially for a match that has so much like or a card that has, you know, so much weight to it to just put him in there with someone who's going to make him look silly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a tag team with the Miz and Rusev could also just be like it could you know just end up with the miz just being like i'm surrounded by fucking crazy people uh-huh. it's maybe it's an undersell of tanahashi but no way he fits right in there i mean if you're thinking of it the other way around john cena tagging with a goofball makes a ton of sense right totally um we've also got and this is this is early on my card but i'm going with it a Hell in a Cell match. Ooh. Ishii, Brock, Braun, and Aleister Black. <laughs> oh, my God. They're just going to throw each other around a lot. Uh, they are going to hurt each other. Yeah. I feel like it's it's the equivalent of of that, uh, you know, that eight-man tag that you had with with the bucks and yeah the, but instead but of that just, just hitting <laughs> just four tanks with a cage <laughs> on top of them i think that that would be so fun i think that you know i you want to fit everybody that you can on the card an ishi brock match would be such a dream for It'd me be really fun but it also would be like you can't have no you can't have singles matches you can't have it's only tough. singles matches and I mean, I feel like I I kind of held true to the rules that we set up, saying that you got to put the WWE guys on the card. Braun's got to be on the card. He's not on your card. He's not you on my follow card. Follow the rules. How's Braun gonna fit on this card? Yeah, he fits in a cage. Yeah, it's got to be a tall cage. Though, I don't know. He's a monster yeah, he among a monster. men. He's, and I mean, realistically, I would I would love to see Braun versus Aleister Black. I'm not super high on Aleister Black, but I think Aleister Black would 
be a formidable opponent there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so I think so too. I think that he would he would really he'd really add like a, a gravity to it too. And yeah. I think that like there's, you know, a lot of match I feel like Black is, you know, of everybody that's in here, Black's the one that I think he looks great. Against mm-hmm. Ishii looks great against Braun looks great against Brock. Yeah. Not everybody has that going for him in my opinion. That's true. Um but, you know, we're gonna have we're gonna need to have a come down. After a match like that, sometimes it's brutal. Something, sell, yeah. Something with a really long video package. Okay. To just build up a matchup that, you know, maybe maybe y'all didn't know that this is the fucking dream matchup, but it is. Minoru Suzuki versus The Undertaker. I love it so much. Me too. That's so fun. <laughs> These two old guys just brawling. I mean, they, yeah. And I I feel like, you know, The Undertaker just being the, uh, you know, the pure striker, the carcinogenic fists. Remember when Jim Ross came <laughs> Jim back Ross. and he, and he t- it took him 13 seconds to call right The back. Undertaker's fucking <laughs> the punches. The best pure striker. Carcinogenic <laughs> fists of The Undertaker. That would be fun. And it would like, be really fun. I think one of the great things about The Undertaker over the past like five years is that he just takes welts more and more as mm-hmm. he's gotten like more orange and also like leathery <laughs> that Suzuki would just beat him up he'd beat up suzuki and there would be a really good moment of suzuki just like getting in his face saying finish it and he would tombstone take her wins with a tombstone wins with a tombstone yeah we got a lot of victories being traded off because i don't think that we're going to the extent of like a count like they have in survivor series or raw versus smackdown but things are pretty even uh, throughout this card, the reason that I don't have John Cena facing Tanahashi is because he's facing Okada. Oh, I love it! It's a that's a fucking dream match too, and I feel like it's you know in line with Cena, uh, what he's done over the past five or six years, where he's he's just having great matches with all sorts of people. He's still having John Cena matches. Yeah. And to me, that pairing with Okada is just fantastic. Kazusha Okada can totally put on a standard-ass wrestling match, too. Yeah. He does drop kicks and clotheslines. Those are his moves. Him and Cena would fit up super well together. I know. And I feel like they both they both pair really well just because they, they have those big moves that aren't... That they're just big because... Their personalities are big because mm-hmm. they're big wrestlers that are important. So, you know, what starts it all? What fuels it all? You know, the invading Bullet Club. And then the response from WWE is fucking Triple H and his Wolfpack. <laughs> the fucking new click. So we got Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Takahashi, Marty Skrull, and a mystery partner. Oh. Versus Triple H, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. You remember that picture? Mm-hmm. The two sweet picture. Oh, yeah. All of his NXT guys. And the Undisputed Era right up mm. there at the fucking new Bullet Club versus the New Japan Bullet Club and their guy, Chris Jericho. Oh. 
Yeah. I love it. The defector. He's so, on the opposite side of things. He's fueled part of this invasion angle. Oh, man. And those those WWE fans that are there, they're going to hate him. And you know what? He's going to give it right back to them. Oh, my God. But, I mean, it all builds to the main event, which to me, I mean, there's no, there really isn't another one. It's Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. It's hard to argue with. It's unconventional, but it's the two top guys. It's the two top guys, and I think probably the absolute, you know, the most WWE guy versus the most New Japan slash the internet guy. Yeah. It's, it would be, it's the only match that Roman Reigns can have in the world where people are really invested in this seriously point. no beach balls are in this they're just like no we hate this roman reigns guy we want him to lose he should lose the the it's four on it's four to four as far as it goes who is going to reign supreme new japan versus wwe went out from the crowd He's got his hooded sweatshirt on. Oh, my God. He takes it off. It's CM Punk. Oh, come on. That's so great. And he looks at Roman Reigns, who's down. He's bleeding from the mouth. No blood capsules here. That's real blood. And CM Punk looks at him. And then he lifts up Kenny Omega and he hits him with the go to sleep and he puts Roman down for the pin. No, he doesn't put Roman down for the pin. Roman just looks at him and then CM Punk goes back into the audience. Your winner, the heel, Roman Reigns. There it is. That's that's my show. There's no other way to there's no way to book a real finish to that match. That's, I know, right? It it's, has it's, to be something absurd. There's got to be something absurd. I mean, I love. It. I was trying to figure out a way to get Punk on this on this card somewhere. Did you know when I texted you? I was like, "Mine's in Chicago." Did you know that's, that's no? I didn't even Punk. think about that. But the crowd goes nuts. Then. Oh, the crowd goes then wild. What happens? What does the crowd even think at that point? Because the crowd goes fucking bonkers for Punk, right? Yeah, because they no, they go bonkers for Punk, and then they're like, "Oh my god, our hero has th- that." He sold his soul to the devil. That's when I think everyone would finally turn, because there's really a sentiment now. It's like a fifty-fifty. Like he turned his back on you, everybody. Yeah. Stop chanting for him, but everybody's like, "No, fuck WWE. I'm chanting for CM Punk." I think that would be the the final thing that puts the nail in the coffin. Oh man, it'd be so great. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's just he just hangs out with Paul all the time. It's oh, just, just it's a just, Paul guy. I'm yeah. a Paul Levesque I'm a, guy. <laughs> I'm a Paul Levesque guy. He comes. Oh man, it'd be perfect. So that was fun. Hey, that was fun. Little little fantasy camp out there. Um, we hope it was entertaining for all you. I had so much fun doing this. Yeah, so. me too. I like putting it together. I feel like I understand like fantasy baseball drafts now. Yeah. Or like what you need to like go and do your Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I have night. to leave, dude. I got to go play Dungeons and Dragons. It's definitely not going to be as much fun for you as this was that's, for that's me. True. That's true. Fucking, uh, hey, uh, thank you so much for for coming by and for 
checking this out. Um, you know, we we do this because because we, we like it, and uh, you know, I've, uh, my other my other podcast, better yet, is is on its first hiatus right now, just because it was bogging me down a lot. But this is this never bogs me down. I work. It's so fun. I work ten hour days and then come straight here to do this, and I always have a fucking great time. So, uh, we hope that you're enjoying the conversation as well. Subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Leave us a review, five stars, please. Give us the Meltzer review, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for for number thirteen. Wait, this was thirteen. This was thirteen. Then we're coming back for. The big 14. XIV. We'll see you then. Thanks, guys.